Hi, and welcome to another edition of Amana Podcast. Amana is a collective of people, places, things, and actions that transcend us and exploring your higher virtues. And today I have a guest, and her lovely name is Ivana. Say say hello, Ivana. Hi, Mark. How are you? Very good. So the first thing is you'll also notice another Aussie accent. So I have a collective of this. I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> because I'm from that little island, you know. But Ivana, we were having a, a wonderful conversation the other evening and had some discussion around your career and where it's up to. So what I would love to hear about is kind of where did you start with your career and, and let's let's hear the evolution of it and some of the why the whys um, of why you chose your career path the way you have and some of the value systems that you've contemplated when you're making decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from a little old town called Perth, Western Australia. I guess you could call it one of the most isolated cities in the world. And, um, yeah, I decided to pursue a career in in the fashion industry. Um, after I finished high school, I decided to study fashion design. I guess from about 15, I, I started getting really inspired by, you know, watching fashion runway shows and imagining myself designing clothes or, you know, producing runway shows. And, yeah, I completed a diploma of, of fashion and textile design. And then once I graduated, I was like, you know what, I don't want to do this. I think I want to be on the other side of it. I wanted to to do styling and, and runway and, and work in a big city and, and work with, I guess, the leading artists of Australia to get my experience because, the advice I'd got at the time was, you know, go and assist the best in the industry and that's how you build up, you know, your experience and your folio and all that stuff. So, yeah, I I had this, this passion or this desire, I guess. I was in the modelling industry from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum got me into modelling at about five. Okay. Um, yeah, probably, you know, to try and build a bit more confidence. Um, I was in dancing, I was in gymnastics. So I was, I was kind of in that world anyway from a young age. And, um, yeah, I mean, my mum, I, I guess my mum was always very put together. Um, she was, you know, hairdresser by trade, um, you know, always looking on the outside. So I kind of had her to look up to in terms of hair and, and makeup and image. And, you know, she was really, she was actually the person that taught me um, how to shop. I'm a personal stylist now and I've just got this knack for putting pieces together and, and for you know, for really cool finds. And I, I think I can I can um, thank my mum for that. And, you know, she was always one um, the one putting together my outfits and making my dresses and stuff as a little girl. So I think she definitely had that influence on me. Um, if, so- if, I, if, if I dare to say, you know, so people who get into fashion and people who enjoy fashion, I think there's a stereotype of like that, that can be a little shallow, right? Totally. And... Certainly, it's not my my experience. I mean, I've I've worked with now two fashion companies. I don't think you know this. I worked with the CEO of Witchery. Do you remember Witchery in Australia? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, so I mentored her for a couple of years, and I've I've learned a lot about it's 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 so much around how you show up in the world, definitely, you know? and definitely how you want to. Um, approach the world and how you want people to receive you and how you want to be seen. Yes. Uh, I mean, we can hide behind high-end fashion, if you will. Um, 
that we also can be it can open us. So there's so many different ways that we can approach this this fashion industry. I, I'm curious to think about how you've thought about some of those things as a stylist when putting something together for a particular client. Um, what are some of your thought processes that you go through in order to style someone? And I, I would imagine that includes pending on the event they're going to also. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I feel like styling is a form of self-expression and over the years I've reflected on on why I do what I do. Um, you know, it's definitely, it, it can definitely be a mask that people hide behind, dressing a certain way, having a certain style. Um, I mean, you know, back in the day, you would, people in the fashion industry were, were technically perceived as like the misfits or, you know, wanting to stand out or, you know, look significant, all that kind of thing if you wanted to get, you know, really deep into the psyche of it. Um, but, yeah, depending on the event that someone's going to, their budget, um, you know, there's always an outcome that someone's trying to achieve, whether they want to feel more confident, um, whether they want to stand out, make a statement um, or, yeah, just generally just to try something new. So, yeah. And, and so with, say, saying with something new, how how often do you find yourself when you're styling with someone or even with yourself mm-hmm. uh, will, willing to take certain risks? Because fashion lives on usually on a cutting edge, right, mm-hmm. Of or, or at least the, the progressive part of fashion is, you know. Um, and, and it usually can find from all different corners. But if we were just using America as example, I remember when <laughs> low rider jeans came out, right? Oh, God. <laughs> but like that came out of jail because people didn't have pants that fit them or they had hand-me-downs from their older yeah. siblings, you know. Yeah. So it's very strange where different fashions can get picked up picked up from I'm curious where where your eye leads or where do you look for into um, you know what's what's current what's coming uh, and what's gone before us I guess yeah see there's obviously a cycle in fashion um, mm. a lot of trends are repeated there are so many trends and I feel like um, you know with the influence of fast fashion and the impact that that has you know environmentally and on our world as a whole I feel like I've decided or I choose to go towards a more timeless approach when it comes to my styling and when I style my clients and and when I invest in clothes myself. Um, You know, I've got a line that I produced and it was basically based around the fact that it's like, you know, the timeless wardrobe that every woman needs because why should every woman feel like that they're having to always update their wardrobe with current trends? It's just like it's just constant consumerism and feeling like there's never enough right yes um you can get so caught up in it and i mean as a stylist like you know most people would say oh you know your wardrobe must be you know incredible and so big and blah 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 and i'm like it actually isn't like i've actually become a bit more of a minimalist because i'm just like if you have the key pieces that suit your body shape and you know to put an outfit together you can actually work with more and have less items in your wardrobe as an example so um yeah you can obviously um channel like a current trend that's out there for sure but would i go and encourage my clients to spend thousands on like a new wardrobe with all the current trends no 
So let's say I was, or, or maybe you could walk us through an example of a client. You don't need to mention names, but mm-hmm. what, what would be the kind of the start process and, and, and start to end? Of styling a client's wardrobe? Uh, well, a wardrobe or an, an event. Yeah. So depending on obviously who the client is, done celebrity styling, I do personal styling, I do styling for runway, but definitely comes down to um, firstly who the person is, uh, their personality, wanting to get to know them and connect with them. Um, I've actually had to connect with people very quickly with the work that I do and if you can't, mm. I find if you can't do that quite quickly, then um, you might miss the mark because you could put them in something that you think is going to work but they don't necessarily connect with. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely getting a, a very clear understanding of, of who they are, uh, what they're about, what they're trying to achieve, uh, what values they even have because, I mean, if you want to get down um, to who someone is, you kind of need to know um, the depth of them. Otherwise, it's, it's quite surface-based, yeah? yeah. Um, so, yeah, you walk through a bit of a, I guess, an introductory uh, client form. Um, they fill out a few questions that I've asked and I guess um, from that I can just analyse what direction we go in and it sometimes just starts at their wardrobe if it's a personal client, um, mm-hmm. work, like working through what they currently have, um, getting rid of culling, what no longer works, um, definitely getting to know their body shape. Yes. You know what your body shape is, you can just This, is, this is a big issue for me right now. <laughs> I think that's an issue for most people that don't have the awareness because it's like, yeah, let's go shopping. But, like, what are you shopping? Like, who are you shopping for? Like, are you shopping for, like, the run six foot on the runway or are you shopping for, like, the hourglass body shape? You know what I mean? I think big and tall just uh, got shut down, so I'm looking for, <laughs> you know, new, new places to shop. <laughs> um, yes. I, I, have, I, have a, I, I have a particular style that I'm sure that's not in a category, but I call it obnoxious obnoxiously classical (laughs) (laughs) hey it's still a style (laughs) exactly exactly and i'm sure that differs when you're doing a runway show can you you mentioned your line do you still have that line and and for our listeners what what's the name of it so my line is called ia foreman um basically i wanted to create a label that wasn't necessarily my name because I've used my full name my entire career and mm-hmm. um, I didn't like my name when I was growing up as a little kid. I got teased <laughs> a lot in, in primary school. but um, It's a great it, name. Yeah, I mean, for, for marketing purposes now for what I do, it's, it's amazing and people are always like, is that your real name? I'm like, yep, <laughs> I wish I could say it wasn't, but it is. Um, so yeah, so I've called it IF Woman and basically I've, you know, had this vision to want to inspire women to really step into their power through this brand with the type of, um, you know, clothes that I've designed and the story behind it. Um, yeah, it's for the empowered, confident woman. And I guess through years of personal styling with my clients, I wanted to offer them, you know, my version of what I think is that timeless, modern, uh, luxe, feminine edge wardrobe. Mm. And and what kind of clients have you attracted? Would you say Who, who's the per, who's the? I'm sure you get all walks of life, but what what's the typical client that would come and say, "Look, I I need your help." Yeah, um, definitely have have had all walks of life, but um, back home in Australia, I think I had 
um, women and men who were in um, high disposable incomes, who were time poor, who, um, you know, needed that refresh, needed to feel more confident in the office or, you know, just in their life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had, you know, CEOs, managing directors of, of different of different industries. Um, but then coming out to LA, I've, I've met some interesting characters, obviously, you know, in the entertainment industry, um, but a lot of like motivational speakers and life coaches, you know, wanting to transform um, their brand and, and, and move into something that obviously has um, more purpose and meaning, which I've really enjoyed working um, with those clients because I'm on that same journey as well. And, and you've um, been backwards and forwards from Perth to, to Los Angeles and I'm sure amongst many places that you've travelled to. But this has been a place that uh, I first initially met you was in Los Angeles at the Australian Consulate doing this show um, and through our dear friend Gary. Yes. Uh, we, we couldn't leave him out. I mean, <laughs> you know, he would feel so left out. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm curious, so, and so you finally made the leap and, yeah. and uh, decided to come to Los Angeles, which is, I would imagine, is a bigger market than Perth. <laughs> not, <Much> that, <laughs> not, that, uh, not that you haven't been on the leading edge over there um, and can tap into all kinds of brands, which I know you have, and if you care to share with our listeners, that's, that would be great. Um, but I'm, I'm curious... Um, so there's a twofold question in there. There's one, who have you worked with? And then two, um, what's your vision of coming to Los Angeles and what are you what are you hoping to achieve here? Yeah, absolutely. So firstly, I've worked with multiple Australian fashion designers, brands, um, influencers, uh, you know, TV personalities from reality shows um, in Australia from like Married at First Sight, The Bachelor, um, I've worked with Miranda Kerb um, back in 2011 for, for David Jones, um, which was a highlight of my career. Hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to go and work at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week in Berlin um, and, you know, work with some of the best international designers, you know, in the world um, and work with, you know, incredible show producers. Like the experience and exposure that I've had um, to, to that is has been, you know, Priceless. I mean, I, I invested in myself. I used to just fly out to these places through my connections and basically, um, you know, offer working for them just to get the experience. And then the people that I met just, yeah, catapulted me to like the next thing. And it just, I just literally chipped away. It's just been a constant um, journey up this hill of, of being in the fashion industry in so many different facets, you know. Um mm. And then I did come out to, to LA in, in 2015 just to work at LA Fashion Week just to see see what it was like. I honestly didn't think I'd like Los Angeles or the US, um, Hollywood. I, I honestly didn't think I did because I'd been from that European high-end, high-fashion influence. Mm-hmm. Um, but that two-week trip turned into a two-month um, uh, holiday, well, not holiday, but like work holiday, and then that basically led me into hosting that event that I met you at back in 2016 at the Australian Consul General's residence. So, um, yeah, from being at LA Fashion Week and and meeting with um, Julie Bishop, our foreign minister for G'day mm-hmm. LA, um, I had this vision and we wanted to introduce Australian designers to the US at the time. Um, so that's where the whole event 
um, evolved from was to introduce Australian fashion and into the US market. Um, and so then, yeah, being here and being just in so many different random experiences and meeting some awesome people, it was like, oh, my God, I'd love to see what my life could be like um, and how my career could unfold here in L.A., um, and so from back and forth of 2015 and 2017, I was, I was, you know, doing three months stints out here until I decided to go and do the process of getting my visa. And then, um, yeah, good old COVID hit and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> left me stuck in Perth for like a couple of years. And then, yeah, finally got the courage to step out here, um, God, seven, eight weeks ago, two months ago now. <laughs> yeah, you're in a whole brave new world. I, I, you mentioned something there, and I'm curious to, to hear your viewpoint on it, and that is, um, you know, bringing Australian fashion to the States. And how would you describe Australian fashion besides flip-flops, you know, uh, a singlet and stubbies? Um <laughs> How do you see Australian fashion? And, you know, Australia in, in, in many ways can be a very, very progressive place. Yeah. So, so I'm curious to see how you see that. So I, uh, I think our designers, our, our aesthetic is just so impressive. You know, mm-hmm. you speak to a lot of, um, you know, people in the industry, in the fashion industry out here, and they love Australian fashion. And there's just this freshness there's this like minimalist aesthetic I guess you could call it but there's just something special about our designers in a sense where everyone can recognize that they're an Australian designer mm-hmm. and whether that's through branding or our models or you know how we execute um, their visions I don't know there's just something different and special about Australian fashion and because I've been so long and I come out here and I see obviously there's like a whole nother world of, of fashion and brands and, and that it's we still stand out when we are here. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice because you feel proud, you know what I mean? Like we're from the other side of, of the world on this big island and, you know, we still can stand out and make our mark here. I think it's awesome. What, what are some of the brands in Australia that you uh, resonate with? I definitely resonate with when you say resonate in terms of in terms of what in terms of well in terms of like so I, I this is a little bit of a sidebar and a, perhaps a funny joke on my own expense but I became obsessed when I was like 15 or 16 my initials became CR for country road oh okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think I had every, the the whole line of Country Road every season. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, which which you know Country Road I never saw anywhere else in the world. So it's very conservative kind of uh, uh, fashion fashion forward. You know I, I don't know what to compare it to, but I'd just say it's com- it's good materials and and uh, and. I guess and it could compare to like Banana Republic or something. Oh come on! Don't don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping Brioni or something. No. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but go ahead with some of the brands in Australia that that um, that you could see that would be distinctly Australian. Yeah. So um, I love Zimmerman. I love Manning Cartel, and there's mm-hmm. 
incredible Japanese designer, Akira Isagawa, who is an absolute visionary. His work is just like art. Um, and yeah, he's been uh, a leading Australian designer for a long time. And I had the um, pleasure of actually producing one of his shows back in Perth um, a few years back. Um, yeah, so they're, they're a few of my favourite because they are just, um, they've got the longevity. They've, they've been around the industry for a while. Um, they have like strong brand presence. Mm. Um, and yeah, Zimmerman's actually come out to the US and done incredibly well. Um, Flannel is another one. Is actually a Western Australian uh, fashion brand where I'm from, and they've opened multiple stores um, out here in the US, which has been really awesome to see. Um, so yeah. Did you ever come across a guy? And he's such a character in Sydney, and I did get a jacket made from him. His name's Joe Bananas. Joe Bananas. Joe Bananas. What a name, right? He's I know. A- Oriental gentleman that um, was louder than life, uh-huh. and he used to style a lot of the, the the men in Australia. I'm talking like the Paul Hogan eras, so I guess okay. in the eighties. Um, he had his own island in Fiji. Right. Uh, um, he was just you would walk into his store, and you felt like you just transported into some. Uh, I don't know, cr- creative workshop, you know, and it, it was like nonstop attention and you would look at this, you would look at that. I mean, he was very good at his craft, you know. Uh-huh. I, in terms of making clothes, I think, um, sorry, Joe, but I thought they were a little dated. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he really put on a, um a real experience, and I'm curious for you when you're de- when you're styling for someone, the personality that you have to bring forward yes. to bring an experience forward for someone, um, because this could fall very flat very quickly, right? Even though you may be a great stylist, if you don't have a personality that is engaging with who your client is and knowing your client, um, people have a tendency to dismiss it regardless of the talent of the, 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 um, your eye or the style. A hundred and ten percent like connection, emotional connection is everything in this, in this position, in this job, in this industry. Um, it can be easily dismissed. Yeah, you're right. Because of, um, you know, the reputation that the industry has. And the last thing that you need to do is, intimidate or make your client feel uncomfortable in any way because people shut down. Yes. You know what I mean? People are so um, scared of judgment as it is. And yeah. so. Um, God, that's a, that's a big thing to unpack, isn't it? Oh, God. You could be here for hours talking about that. <laughs> you really can, right? Because we have, we all, I, I call humans judging machines. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and usually the judge, judgment that's the worst is self-judgment. Mm-hmm. And uh, how we judge ourselves and how we think we appear um, can be really crucifying on a lot of people, you know? Yeah, and I mean, we assume we think what people are perceiving us as, but it's it's not that. Like, I mean, there's this book that I've read called The Four Agreements and it's like, you know, don't take things personally. And it's like because we think we think that people, we think we know what people are thinking and people are watching that movie and it's completely so far removed from what 
I don't know, people think of us. It's it's just completely, it can be completely different, but we get so caught up in what people think of us and if someone says something, can we take what they say so personally? And it's just, yeah. It, it how, do you, how do you unpack that? How, how do you work with someone? Because now, now, now you're not just a stylist, you're becoming a psychologist, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Know. Like I've become one of those over the years. <laughs> yeah, which is a big part of the game. It's reaching into someone's psyche. Mm-hmm. And and how they see themselves or want to be perceived. Yes. Um, how do you, how do you do? What kind of questions? I would imagine you'd ask questions to provoke certain answers, or definitely a lot of asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, really getting, really honing in on their insecurities and their fears, mm. um, and what's working for them, what's not working for them. Um, we all have patterns of behaviour that we um constantly repeat unless you know you break through them or you're aware of them um yeah coming down to i guess values as well if you want to go that deep because i mean if someone doesn't really know their values they don't really know who they are and i've learned that if you don't know your values you don't really have that internal compass of of what you're supposed to be doing in life right um that's going really deep no no I, i just touching the surface (laughs) in my world um exactly but i mean like if you're if you're you know talking to a client for the first time and you start talking like that they're they're like wow okay we're going deep now i'm like well yeah because i mean i can make you look pretty on the outside but like if you're not completely aligned and and owning it then it's kind of got to fall short you know what i mean like there's not going to be that genuine confident empowered self-expressed yeah the street it's it's interesting so i, I mentioned to you I, <clears throat> excuse me and i've done a podcast with uh marie and <clears throat> excuse me and jerome and they own a company a men's made to measure company called klein epstein parker and their their neighbor uh to their store even in west hollywood is one of the guys off million dollar listings uh, the real estate show, a reality show, I guess you would call it. His name's Josh. We'll just leave it at that. And what's interesting is, you know, in essence, in the past, a realtor has typically tried to stay under the radar. Yes. You know, so so they'll, they'll have their Porsche at home and drive, drive their Toyota to to the client, right? Um, and And these guys... And now I'm putting in the collective bunch. They're driving their Rolls Royces, their Bentleys. They're, I mean, they're really peacocking it out there um, to be as shiny and slick as possible in order to attract, you know, really high end clients and say, "This is what I do." Yeah. Um, so I'm curious for you, like when you're thinking of industry, because because that hasn't been the status quo in real estate and these guys are pushing the envelope and they, they, they've kind of got a TV show to help them do it, um, when and where will you push the envelope with people uh, and, and, and go for some more risk or maybe something that stretches a person? And then how do you work with them internally to make them feel either comfortable or um, confident? Yeah, I think one of I think one of my qualities is actually challenging people. Um, mm. 
of, you know, not necessarily in a negative way, but in a way to see themselves that they probably like wouldn't generally see themselves in a way, if that makes sense. It's like giving them that perspective of, well, what if you, what if you wore this and what if you saw yourself this way and what if you actually dressed accordingly to your body shape, as an example, imagine how much more confident you'd feel in yourself dressing yourself every morning, right? So I think I have this ability to challenge them and see a different perspective and I think even if it's just, you know, styling someone's wardrobe for the first time, I would Mm. put them out of their comfort zone um, you know, with different outfits. And if if it was a woman and she wanted to feel more, you know, sexy or sophisticated, it would be obviously in the outfit that I put on her. Or if a guy wants to really step it up and um, lift his fashion game, then it's like, okay, well, we need to get some tailoring done. We need to, you know, we need to put you in something that you would normally go in. And it's, it's really just challenging them and pushing them out of their comfort zone to something that they haven't worn before. And um, obviously that comes with, a little bit of, I guess, coaching or um, redirecting their mindset too. Um, there's, so- there's probably great parallels between our work and, and this is something that we can explore offline, but, you know, I'm, I'm supporting so many people, companies, individuals um, in, in the sports world and in just in regular life and counselling and then obviously into the corporate arena Yes. Uh, and how the, and how they show up. And one of the things that I'm always working with is how do they fulfil their vision, you know? Mm-hmm. And to fulfil their vision, they're going to obviously change. You know, they're going to they're walk through changes and how they show up and how they're seen needs to change uh, so that vision can be realised. And I, I would imagine that the how they express and show up in their in the visual form of things in terms of their style or or uh, confidence would be would be very matching. It would be something for fun for us to explore. Oh, absolutely. I mean that alignment alone is is key. I mean, if you're not really investing in your image overall, and that that doesn't mean you have to go and buy a whole heap of you know, new clothes and spend thousands. But if you're not, you know, confident in just what you're wearing day to day and how you present yourself, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to come through. But unfortunately, as humans, we judge within the first three seconds of meeting someone. It's just yes. how it Yeah. And so we're just coming up on time here, Ivana. I'd love for you just to share with our listeners some of your services that you provide and how people could get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. I um, offer, obviously, uh, personal styling and wardrobe. Um, I also offer um, some confidence coaching. Um, Someone really wants to up their confidence game um, can definitely walk you through um, a couple of different workshops that I've run in the past, things like letting go of perfectionism, which has probably been one of my biggest struggles over the years. Um, obviously everything to do with fashion and runway, editorial, photo shoots, that's that's my jam. But what I love is, um, you know, connecting with like-minded individuals who are into growth and, um, you know, wanting to better themselves and obviously, yeah, inspiring women to, to step into their power and, um, and trust themselves. It's been a huge thing and it's been a journey for myself, especially the past couple of months. I... Um I uh, worked with a, a lady and we did a podcast so I can say her name. So this is Melissa Adam, 
who's uh, in the corporate world in superannuation in, in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And she is very, very passionate about um, empowering young women mm -hmm. um, and children and, and providing, you know, financial literacy, you know, um, in, in such a way that they feel empowered. And, and that would be something to, interesting uh, for you to meet her and have that discussion around how they show up. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, um, and it's not imperative, you know, you don't need to look like you've just come off a catwalk in order to feel empowered. But I think um, feeling good in your, in yourself um, is really key. And, and, and then how you show yourself into the world is uh, a real powerful statement. Yeah, so if you were to leave our listeners with a, a last thought, please uh, please go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think we live in a world where there's just so much noise and we compare ourselves so much. I think it's really um, honing in on who you are, what you stand for, what your values are, and just nurturing that because it can just be too challenging and too exhausting to constantly be looking out to seeing, am I doing things right? Am I living life the right way? Am I doing the right thing? But getting really clear on who you are as a person is, I think, is going to give the ultimate fulfilment. And on that note, I say thank you very much and tune in next time, listeners, and thank you so much for being on my podcast. Tonight. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark. You got it.